Good morning, brothers and sisters at Harmony Baptist Church. As I mentioned last week, this week I am preaching the word at Fishkill Baptist, trying to help them along in their process. Therefore, I will not be with you, but I wanted to greet you anyway and trust that you've had a good morning of worship and will continue to worship by sitting under the word of God together. We have great staff here that have done a wonderful job preaching scripture. And this morning, we have a special treat as our school's Bible teacher, Dr. Dennis Ashley, is going to share the Word of God with you. He is a pastor, he is the Bible teacher, he is a counselor, and he is a quality brother in the Lord Jesus Christ. So I know you're going to benefit by listening to him, so please put your hearing ears on and soak in the Word of God as Brother Dennis Ashley comes and preaches to you today. God bless you. I'm thankful for that gracious introduction. I am uh, glad to be invited to share in this moment of worship with you. Uh, Kelly and I, when we returned from Maine uh, earlier this year, um, I said to Kelly, uh, I, I would like to go uh, and worship at Harmony Baptist Church, mostly because I want Pastor John Hawko to be my pastor. And uh, I am grateful to be a part of this congregation, even though you don't see us every Sunday, um, uh, getting invited to preach around the, around the region at uh, other churches. I'll be uh, away for the next three Sundays preaching elsewhere. But I'm thankful to be here this morning. It's a, it's a tough landscape. Uh, as we look around, uh, I have been drawn, my thoughts continued to come back to the book of Lamentations, uh, where Jeremiah was looking out over the desolation of Jerusalem, the city of God, the city of David. Uh, and the whole book of Lamentations is a sad song. That's what the name of it means, sad song. And uh, there are a lot of sad songs being sung around our land these days as we look out over the desolation that the United States of America is becoming this weekend, another senseless act of violence. I, I, I start to think like Jeremiah, I look everywhere and all I see is evidence of ruin, all I see is evidence that God has withdrawn his blessing. But tucked into that sad song in Lamentations in chapter 3 are these words. This I recall to my mind, and therefore I have hope. The Lord's loving kindness... Some translations put it, the Lord's mercies indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Thank you for including that hymn in the worship plan this morning. And uh, thank you also for including those other songs that uh, fit this message even better than Great is Thy Faithfulness. 
That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I am grateful for every time I see that. I came across this statement uh, on the internet a few weeks ago. Uh, It came in a weekly newsletter that I get from Christianity Today, and it caught my attention. In a recent nationwide survey conducted by the Barna Group. Now, Christianity Today, Christianity Today is a a credible publication, one that uh, many evangelical Christians are familiar with. We trust uh, the content that we find there. And the Barna Group is a credible uh, institution. We trust the information that they give to us. So uh, this isn't one of those statistics that, like 97% of all statistics, are made up on the spot. This is what the Barna Group Discovered In a recent nationwide survey conducted by the Barna Group, only 17%, 17% of American Christians believe that mercy is their personal responsibility. Only 17% of us, were you asked, I wasn't, I didn't participate in this survey, Uh, But only 17% of us, if that number is believed, have the thought that is my responsibility to show mercy to other people. The other 83% of us Christians, then, indicate it's the responsibility of churches, non-profit organizations, or even the government to show mercy. We who are the hands and feet of Christ, are too busy, too focused, maybe too holy to think very much about showing mercy to others. I wonder if that's a big part of the problem that we're recognizing in our culture today. Let me remind you what Jesus said in that most famous of sermons, the Sermon on the Mount, right in the beginning, in that statement of that this this is the kind of a person that God is pleased with. Blessed are they who? Blessed are the merciful, for mercy will be shown unto them. Oh, man, I want mercy. That suggests that if I want mercy, I should show it. What goes around comes around. That's that's earthy wisdom, right? Actually, that's biblical principle, Galatians chapter 6. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that is what he also reaps. So let me, uh, let me just try to explain a little bit more clearly what I mean by mercy. Let's com- compare two concepts, justice and mercy. Justice is when you get what you deserve. And uh, it all depends on your perspective. Justice is when you get the good thing that you deserve because you're good. And justice is when... The other guy gets the bad thing he deserves because he's not. Right? 
And mercy is when God does not give me what I know I deserve. Let me, let me give you this real-time illustration to really nail it down. You've all been on the highway driving, and you have noticed a car driving recklessly, swerving, weaving in and out of traffic, cutting you off. He didn't give enough room uh, after he passed you, and you had to touch the brakes. You had to disengage your cruise control. (sighs) And you have even been tempted to give him that most economical of waves. with what my brother-in-law calls the driving finger. And you think, as he disappears into the distance, where's a trooper when you really need one? Now, very rarely it happens that as you come up over the hill, you see in the distance... A traffic stop. There's the blue and the red flashing lights. You move over into the left lane as you're supposed to, and you slow down, and you slow down more because you want to see. Sure enough, it's that same car, and you observe the trooper passing a nice piece of paper through his window, and you think... That's justice. He got what he deserved. Good for him. Maybe that'll teach him something. And we drive on smugly, thankful for God's justice. Now, hypothetically speaking, imagine this scenario. You're driving home from church on a Sunday morning. Actually, you're not driving home, you're driving to your sister's house. Hypothetically, you have just been at church celebrating your home church's 50th anniversary. Hypothetically, that church where you might have maybe been married, where you might also have been ordained, hypothetically speaking, and where the pastor who helped you find your call to ministry was back visiting to preach, just saying in this imaginary scenario, you're driving home and your sister asks you to stop at a produce stand to pick up some sweet corn. It's July, hypothetically. And because the farm stand is out of the way, you take a road that you're not familiar with and you come the back way into a town, let's call it Bainbridge, New York just for lack of another, stories need details. So, as you're hypothetically driving down, um, let's make up a route number, New York State 206, whatever. You're coming into Bainbridge on a road that you've never been on before, and uh, your wife is distracting you by pointing out a store uh, that she said, oh, that's the one they're talking about. So you didn't notice the speed limit sign changed and so you know that you're coming close to town so you start to slow down but before you get to the town line 
you notice on the side of the road a state trooper. Hypothetically, what he was doing there in this story, I don't know, just making up details. And you touch the brakes, but it's too late in the story. And sure enough, you look up in the rearview mirror, and there's those same red and blue flashing lights. Red, white, and blue lights, right? Red, white, and blue, that's supposed to mean freedom. Until they're flashing in your rearview mirror. And they mean something else. So, uh, hypothetically in this story, the driver of this car pulls off to the side of the road. And he is thinking, maybe, I don't know. He's thinking, might be thinking, oh, uh, I should just get a warning. I was just coming from church. So if, if, if anything at all matters, this officer behind me will show me mercy. Hypothetically. Now my wife tells me, Dennis, you should be thankful for that hypothetical story because it made such a good illustration of your sermon. So you see, all things work together for the good of them who... The difference between justice and mercy on a very practical level is justice is what I want for you. Mercy is what I want for me. And I'll I'll be a little bit more generous. Mercy is what I want for me and for the people I love. And for the rest of you, justice is just fine. You're thinking, man... Pastor John, where did you find this guy? He's teaching our students Bible? Mercy is what we want for ourselves and for the people we love, people we care about. I wonder, though, How many of us want mercy for the people we don't like? God has been working on this message in my heart for months. Really, since before the whole scenario that I just made up about the traffic stop. All right. Okay. The details are... Yeah. <laughs> Before that, something else happened that really pressed me on the whole question of mercy and who do I want it for. Something happened earlier in the month of July that had uh, me called to the emergency room and uh, within a little bit of time... Most of our family had gathered at the emergency room waiting to find out if a family member would live or die. And in that horrible moment, some of the family and I were wishing that we could find the person who gave the drugs to my family member. 
We are wishing we could find him. And I will admit, I will confess to you that in those moments, my thoughts were not that I might sit down and share with him the four spiritual laws. I did not feel any mercy in my heart toward that person who hurt or who participated in my family members' trouble. Justice is when people get what they deserve from God. Mercy is when they do not get what they deserve from God. And then there is grace. Grace is something that God gives to me that I do not deserve, not at all. And uh, if, you would, if you would allow me to, to put this thought in your mind... Grace is when God gives me what Jesus deserves. Grace is when God gives me what Jesus deserves. You know the statement, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's the charge raised against me. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The sentence is passed. This is justice. The wages of sin is death. That's justice. Romans 6.23 There's a little connecting word. It's spelled B-U-T and it's one of the most important words in Scripture. The wages of sin is death. That's justice. But, that's where mercy finds a foothold. But, and then that verse goes on with the message of grace. The gift, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Justice, grace, mercy, and grace. So I want to present to you a question this morning. Do you deserve God's mercy? Did I deserve the state trooper giving me a warning and sending me off on my way? Did not deserve it. I was doing what was wrong. And I was caught. And I was sorry that I was caught. But we want mercy for ourselves. We look for it. And maybe even rationalize, reason with God. I deserve a break. But we don't want mercy for the child abuser. We don't want mercy for the drug dealer. We don't want mercy for the mass shooter, the terrorist. We don't want mercy for the person who voted for the wrong candidate in the last election or the next one. We don't want mercy for the person who posts things on Facebook that disagree with my views. We want justice. 
What does God want? Remember the parable that Jesus used to teach about mercy? It's found in Luke chapter 18. Verse 9, to some who were confident in their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed. I love this prayer. It sounds so religious. Oh, God. I think that's how he said it. Oh, God. I thank you that I am not like other people. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Can you imagine Jesus telling the parable and indicating with a gesture, this tax collector, this tax collector, this political lobbyist. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. Look at me. I deserve good things from God. But the tax collector, Jesus said, stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, what did he say? God have mercy on me, a sinner. And then Jesus gives the punchline, the lesson. I tell you that this man, the tax collector, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. There is a wideness in God's mercy. I I chose that title because of an old hymn. Some of you might know that hymn, or maybe you've heard of it. There's, There's a wideness to God's mercy. It's wider than you know. It's wider than I know. I'm still learning how wide it is. But there are some clues in the Bible that God's mercy is wider than I expected it to be. No one needs to stand outside of God's mercy. If you're here this morning, if you are sitting right here in this room this morning, and you are thinking... I really want something from God, but I know I don't deserve it. This this moment is your moment. This moment is your moment to receive mercy from God. Whatever anybody else might be offering you. Other people might be offering you a raised eyebrow. What are you doing here? You don't belong here. You don't deserve. How many of you deserve to be in church today? None of us. If you're here this morning and you really just need a word of hope, there is enough mercy for you. You've come to the right place. Mercy is on the menu here. Special of the day. Special of every day. Maybe you're not here because you need 
to find mercy. Maybe you're here this morning because you need to be reminded that it's also important that you show mercy. Who are you inviting to come under the umbrella of protection that God's mercy provides to all? Because Paul tells us in Romans chapter 1, the wrath of God is being revealed against all unrighteousness. The wrath, that sounds frightening, right? The wrath, talk to me about the wrath of God. I'll be out of here. But you can't hide from it. There's no place you can go to escape it except to come under the umbrella of God's mercy and say, I don't deserve anything from you, God, but I'm asking you for mercy, humbly. I'm not sorry because you caught me. I'm sorry because I'm in the wrong, and I know it. How wide is God's mercy? There's a principle in 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Every fact, every fact is to be confirmed by the testimony of two or three witnesses. You know, we still, we still have that understanding even today in our legal justice system. Two or three witnesses. So can we find two or three witnesses to tell us, to testify about how wide is God's mercy? Could we find any word in the New Testament to help us? Well, as it happens, you might not be surprised to hear me say, why, yes. Let's inquire of Simon Peter, the man with a perfectly shoe-sized mouth. He got better as the grace of God worked in his life over time. How many of you say, yeah, the grace of God has been working in my life for some time now, and I'm not what I used to be. Peter, can you tell us, how wide is God's mercy? And Peter clears his throat, and he says, um, he said this, and it's recorded in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. You might have heard this. The Lord is not slow about his promise, declares Peter, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Peter says, God doesn't want to send anyone to eternity apart from him. God doesn't want to do that. That's not his desire. He wants everyone to repent and be restored to full fellowship with him. That's what God wants. That's what Peter tells us God wants. So there's one witness. Can we find another? Uh, let's ask John. John, the beloved disciple, the one who reclined on Jesus' breast. If he knows anything about God's mercy, he'll tell us. John, do you have anything to add? John says, yes, dear brothers and sisters. 1 John chapter 2, my little children, John the old man, my little children, he was probably a, a teenager when he first met Jesus. 
But now he's an old man, the elder statesman of the faith, and he talks to all of us like we're just knee-high. My dear children, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. <coughs> but if, hypothetically, anyone sins, if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He goes on to say, He Himself is the propitiation. Propitiation. How many of you use that word on a daily basis? It's got too many letters for wordscapes, so it never comes up there. He is the atoning sacrifice. The payment that satisfies God's requirement. He, Jesus, is the propitiation for our sins. And John says, oh, by the way, you people, lest you think that it's just you and that um, heaven is just a, a small, cozy place, just big enough for you and the people you like. He is the atoning sacrifice, the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. This is the look I get when I've called one of my students out on some mis misbehavior in my classroom. <laughs> not me. What? Not for our sins only, but also for those of the whole world. Jesus died for everybody. Even the drug dealer. That's two witnesses. Could we find a third? How about Paul? Paul. He's got so many words. He must have something to say about this. Sure enough, I look in Romans chapter 10... And, and he says in verse 12, There's no difference, no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on Him. Oh my goodness, I love that expression. He is the Lord of all, and He is abounding in riches for all who call on Him. Hey, call on Him. There's a quote in my classroom by John Newton. Thou art coming to a king. Great requests with you bring. Nothing is too big. We honor God by the big ask. We acknowledge that God is bigger than the biggest request. There's no difference between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all abounding in riches for all who call on Him, for whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever will be, called, will be saved. That's a pretty convincing testimony. That's three witnesses. Three major league witnesses. Do you find it difficult to show mercy or ask God to show mercy for some people? Perhaps we just don't feel any mercy towards certain people for 
the kinds of things that they have done or not done. Maybe that's because we don't really have any compassion on them like Jesus has compassion. I, I, I recently was reminded just this week in teacher dev- devotions about Jonah the prophet who was really angry with God because God was showing compassion and mercy to people he didn't like. It wasn't about Jonah being afraid to go to Nineveh. He didn't want to go to Nineveh because he didn't want God to be nice to those people. He wanted to see them destroyed. He pitched a, he pitched a, a watch. He, he went up to the hill and watched over the city when the time was expiring so he could get a front row seat at the fire and brimstone show. And he was angry with God when it didn't happen. God taught him and, and us What, should I not be concerned about that 120,000 people down there who don't know their right hand from their left? Should I not be concerned? Just because you don't like them doesn't mean I don't have to, or I don't need to, or I shouldn't. Jesus set us an example. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. What an evangelistic trip that must have been. Seeing the people, listen, seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. He saw people for who they really are. He knows me. He knows who I really am. He knows how undeserving I am of any good thing from him. But he looks at me and he says, there's little Dennis, he just needs a shepherd. Pastor John would be a good one for him. He just needs a shepherd. I'm not going to judge him. I'm not going to smoke him from heaven. I'm going to send him over to Harmony Baptist Church. And, and uh, by the servant of God I put there, by the congregation I'm raising up there, and by the Spirit of God that's at work there, I'm going to care for Dennis and for his wife Kelly in that congregation. And that's what he said about you too. How about that? Jesus famously said from the cross, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. Stephen, the first of us to lose his life, for his faith in Jesus Christ, the last words recorded from his lips as he was being stoned for his faith. The last thing he said, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Compassion gives way to mercy. I think what we need is is eyes to see. 1968, a song was written. Some of you, dear saints, will recognize this song. I'm not going to sing it. But I'm going to tell you the words, and maybe you will recognize it. It never really was mainstream popular, but um, I posted this. I found a, a version of it on YouTube. I posted it on my Facebook page this morning, if anybody is interested. That means I'm out of time. But I'm done. The song is written by Mike Otto, and it says, Looking Through His Eyes. It just goes like this. Let me see this world, dear Lord, as though 
I were looking through your eyes. A world of men who don't understand, but a world for which you died. Let me kneel with you in the garden. Blur my eyes with tears of agony. For if once I could see this world the way you see, I just know I'd serve you more faithfully. There's a second verse, and it goes like this. Let me see this world, dear Lord, through your eyes. When men mock your holy name, when they beat you and they spat upon you, Lord, let me love them like you love them, just the same. Listen to this line. Let me stand high above my petty problems and grieve for men hell-bound eternally. For if once I could see this world the way you see, I just know I'd serve you more faithfully. There's a wideness in God's mercy. I have discovered that it was wide enough for me. Many of you here this morning have discovered is wide enough for you too. It's wide enough for them. But they don't know. They don't know. That's for us to tell. Let's pray together. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your mercy. Thank you that you've loved us with an everlasting love that produces compassion on us because of our need. And your compassion brings forth the fruit of mercy so that I don't get the punishment that I so richly deserve from you. And ultimately, Father, you pour out a portion of your grace. You give me what Jesus deserves. You give me what he has purchased for me and for all of us. I pray this morning, Father, for the person here this morning who just needs to find some mercy in his or her life, feels unworthy, feels unwelcome, unaccepted. To that person I say, come, receive the mercy that God offers to all who will come by faith. Unconditional. You don't have to do anything to qualify. Just receive it. And to some here this morning, perhaps, uh, to some of us here this morning who are... uh, starting to feel righteous in our own standing, like that Pharisee in the parable. Help us to be reminded, Lord, that he who has been forgiven much loves much, and he who shows mercy will find mercy. Help us to show mercy, especially to the people we don't particularly agree with, or much like. Help us to be your people, like Stephen, not looking for justice for the other guy, but looking to invite the other guy to come stand under my umbrella of mercy where I have found forgiveness and safe refuge. Teach this to us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.